Fucking God, can we record a podcast, please? Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to more opinions. Uh, uh, we don't have a... We don't have anything line. Hey. We don't have a log line for our podcast. We don't have anything planned for today. No. I was talking away from the microphone because we're Lucy Cousy right Lucy now. Goosey. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, so so here's what happened. It's 3 It's 3.30 for you-ish. It's 12.30 for me. Um, I'm in a weird ass fucking headspace and it's the middle of the night and we're recording a podcast anyway. and We don't have any reviews. I'm, this is the weird headspace that I'm in right as you texted me that we should record a podcast. I was fucking queuing up the Johnny Depp, Charlie and the chocolate factory and I was going to watch the whole dang thing and I'm still gonna, I, and by yourself too, which mm-hmm. is brave. Just for me, just to enjoy it. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> just a little movie for me. Uh, I can't believe that you decided to do this without me in the room. Yeah, I know. And that did hurt me. It was actually the first thought I had as it started playing. Um, but <laughs> here's the problem, right? Is that like, you know, you got to do some of these things when you're in the moment. And and I, I genuinely think that when we're done recording this bad piece of content that we're going to post on the internet, <laughs> it, it, from the context of right now, today, technically, because it's Thursday already. Um, yeah. I think that genuinely, after this, we should watch it together over Skype. I don't want to do that on the podcast because I actually want to watch the movie and see if it's good. <laughs> I want to watch it too. I uh, have a uh, person to go pick up at seven o'clock in the morning my time, so we'll uh-huh. see how quickly we can bust through uh, Tim Burton's great, great remake of. <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> well, okay? it's not. It's not a remake, right? Can no. we talk about that because it's not. It's Every- not a remake. Kind yeah. Of. Everyone said, but here's the thing. It kind of is. The problem is when you do a <laughs> second adaptation of a book. Right, you do a, a second yes. film adaptation of the same book. You end up also yeah. kind of adaptating the first movie, and there are things that are only in the first movie or only given a ton of weight in the first movie that are echoed mm. in the second. This is from memory. I haven't seen the second in years. Uh, I I don't remember a ton about it, but I've you know everyone knows the memes, right? But it does. It's interesting because the actual meat of the film gets more like innocuous details right from the book but the, <laughs> the it also shoehorns in like the worst subplot in history for no reason it doesn't even add anything like why why is that in? i feel if you cut those bits out it would be like okay if you change the main actor which i guess is a problem i guess that is yeah, a problem it sure huh? is a problem huh that johnny depp is it's not a big problem johnny depp's not only a bad willy wonka but he's like a shitty person <laughs> <laughs> he turns out and he got to hang out with five children for a whole film oh no oh dear oh, no. and he was fucking playing what was essentially michael jackson yeah which is basically bad okay, for so, so many reasons that's bad <laughs> yeah that's funny that you mentioned that because it's very clear that whether subconsciously or consciously a lot of that performance is mm-hmm. uncomfortably reminiscent <laughs> i don't want to get into like all the reasons socially yeah. why you shouldn't do that in 2005 even worse than i mean it'd be bad now Both anyway like but you know what i'm saying this it, came out in 2005 yeah that is how many years after the 1971 Guys, i don't let me care set the scene because i have people in my life that were only two years old in 2005 so let me uh-huh. just set the scene for you real quick 2005 is a barren wasteland <laughs> Of post 9-11 bullshit. Yeah. Cause the only thing on the radio is crunk and it's all bad and awful and terrible. It's crunk. It's all crunk. It's all crunk. It's all milkshake. It's all bad Nelly songs. And also Nickelback is at the height yeah, of its popularity. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Guys, it's bad. Here's why it's that it took that long. Cause you think that it would be like 2002, but boom, all, everything's bad. But between like. 2001 2003 all the stuff that was already in production pre 9-11 was like still happening and so it could still come out um though some of it like you know minor details changed hastily edited yeah i was gonna say lilo and stitch was like hastily edited the stuff that started or was close to the beginning of production 
after feels different. Like Tim Burton movies feel different before and after yeah, the incident you they know sure do um and it's like yeah for that little while not only were things that were already in production like pushed forward and just sort of hastily edited at the last minute but also we were as a nation in sort of a reeling shock still <laughs> yeah so i don't think we thing. even understood sorry to interrupt you but i don't even no, think we understood it what bad media was like i think we as a society because we live in a society i don't know if you knew that um i think Joker. that yeah joker he's a he's a cool dude you know um cool i think that cool. i think that we all kind of forgot how how what bad media was like because um i don't know if you're i mean i know you're aware of this because we already talked about it but charlie and the chocolate factory by tim burton and johnny depp has an 83 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> it's certified when you read fresh that to me, when you read that to me not on mike i was like huh? it's certified what? fresh on rotten tomatoes what huh how is that i'm like that's not pot there's no way that's possible you're like oh so yeah what does the original have that's a good actually that's a fun comparison by the way so 51 for for audience scores are you looking it up right now yeah i'm looking up the original and seeing what that has okay 91 and 87 um that's okay Uh that's fair yeah, 91's Boy, about right. 91's not big enough of a jump from 83. Like, I don't think so. I'm going in to the the Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with the knowledge of like, I know I'm not gonna. It's it's never it's it's literally. I just tweeted this, but it, it, no matter how good it ever could possibly be, it would still be hot garbage in comparison to the Gene Wilder one because his performance is so good. Because that movie is so good. It's such a unique thing. It's such a like, uh, you know. You caught lightning in a bottle with that movie, um, regardless of your personal feelings on it, Sid. Um, but the second um, one, I have uh, weird. I have a weird, yeah. weird relationship with the original movie. Yeah, I won't get into it. But no, that's yeah. I think we've covered it on podcasts before. Um, but, I mean, not in all the detail, but I no. would rather not. And you're valid. <laughs> you're totally valid. People who don't love that okay, movie cool. are valid. It's just it means a lot to me. It's in, like one of my favorite films of all time, and I know that. You know, the John Depp one's never going to be there, but I feel like if I go in accepting the flaws that I know it has, the big, terrible flaws that I know it has, I might, you know, I might enjoy the bits that are that, 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 that kind of hold up. Like, you know, some of the other performances aren't terrible. Some of the visuals aren't terrible. The music, I think, is pretty good. Um, And this is, again, all from memory. There might be more things. Or maybe it'll be a hot garbage fire, and that's its own fun. Can I read this um, review? Yeah, sure. <laughs> of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I know we said no reviews on this one. Oh, no. You stopped me right before we were recording. You were like, no yeah. reviews on I that. grabbed your, I put my hands through my screen and grabbed your shoulders <laughs> and said, no, fucking reading reviews. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll let this one slide. Go for it. <clears throat> All right. This is coming from Common Sense Media, who give it a four out of five stars. Bright spirited and edgy version of what we want. Edgy. <laughs> That was the other thing about. That's the other thing about uh, 2005, guys. Edgy, everything's edgy. Oh, everything was edgy. What if Batman was like edgy? Edgy. Yeah. Oh man, it was edgy. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. Is it any good? (laughs) I like how they put that there. That's good. That one. Is it any good? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Portrayed in broad, cartoonish strokes, the kids' cruelties in the film serve as comedy, though they're not always funny, and each child-parent set reveals its its dysfunction. Indeed, the non-Charlie children are so lonesome that their various punishments seem deserved. These are staged as song and dance numbers by the Oompa Loompas, modeled after scenes that some parents will recall from other venues. For instance, Esther Williams musicals, The Who's guitar-smashing rock shows, Hair, Psycho, 2001, A Space Odyssey, The Fly, and even Tim Burton and Depp's Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Willie's flashbacks to his troubled relationship with his dentist father, Christopher Lee. I forgot Christopher Lee was in this film. Yeah, he plays, <laughs> just he plays the Elder Wonka, uh, Oof, a dentist. <laughs> and can I tell you, that's all that shit's true. They yeah. do parodies of all that shit, which is like yeah, such sure a 2005 do. thing to do. Yeah, it is. Um, it sure is, huh? You know what? It's probably going to be more than anything else. You're getting ready to sit and watch this film, and I really, really hope I'll be able to get to watch at least part of it with you. Yeah. Is that 
it's going to be kind of a time capsule. Yeah. Okay. I was, a little bit. I was just thinking, I would literally like the words in my head were forming as you were saying that. And I think that's yep. so interesting because the 71 version, the 1971 film, you can tell mm-hmm. it's from 71, right? But also you could probably tell someone it was from the 60s or the 80s and they'd believe you. And really overall, it's timeless. Like, I, I mean, people don't like it, whatever. I, I mean, most people love it, but the people who don't seem to really not like it because everyone else likes it and that's fine. Y'all are valid. I'm just saying, like, I think from an objective standpoint, that first film is, like, really fucking timeless. And the the other one is, like, 2005, <laughs> like, 100% of its time, which is such an... I, well, I, could th- I don't know. I guess that makes it... To, for me, I'm okay with that because we have a timeless one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh huh. Uh-huh. I think it's okay for for a movie to be a time capsule because it makes revisiting it like a little history lesson of what the world was like at that time. I remember very clearly hearing it said at a party somewhere that they were going to be quote unquote remaking Willy Wonka because a lot of people don't realize it's a book first. Yeah. Uh, be- because I, I think, think because, a lot of people realize that. <laughs> yeah. I well because I think that that original film with gene wilder is so effective Mm. and so kind of its own thing you know what i mean like so much of it is is kind of invented for the movie itself and just works that like people don't realize that there's a a book because it's almost a completely different yeah and it's story it's co-written by doll it really is it's very much like up there with the wizard of oz's and the chitty chitty bang bangs and the mary poppins like of these timeless classic fairy tale musical things that are like based on other works but also kind of their own thing and more iconic than the books they're based on and like have a very specific feel to them when you watch them does that make sense Does that track yeah yeah totally um i also think that we should sort of make a real i don't know if we should do this on air but i think we should do a quick sort of rundown of what we think the movie will have for us. So I think mm. that it's going to be, there's going to be some maybe genuinely upsetting CGI. Segments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> boy, the boy, the fucking violet Beauregard bit is going to yeah, be Yeah, it's going to be rough. It's yeah. going to be rough. I remember it being rough in the theater. I remember, I mean, not just because that scene very much disturbed me as a child, yeah. because I was watching another child very much like me becoming disfigured rapidly. Uh, and it fucked me up. Every single death in that film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I know they're not. I know they don't actually die. No, but, but that's what my small child brain was seeing: was children my age dying. That's fair. <clears throat> you don't see them again. Can I ask you this though? Uh, yeah. In the first one, okay. In the book, you see them, but it's like a roll doll illustration. So even though yes. they look kind of fucked up, it's yep, a roll yep, doll yep, illustration. Yep, 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 yep. Know exactly where you're going. So yep, let's go yep, to yep. the movies, okay? <laughs> In the first movie, you don't see them. It would have been really easy to include a scene where they all look back to normal. Willy Wonka says, y'all fucked up, but I hope you learned your lesson. Goodbye, kids. And then Charlie waves goodbye. And then Hopefully in that exact case. We do the, you know, oh, so signs a good deed or whatever with the gobstopper and the yelling in the halfway room. That's all great. We can do all that. We just, why don't we see the, I see me personally. I like that we don't see the kids because I like the theory that Willy Wonka murdered those four brats now yeah i do now I, as, a, as an adult i love that i think that's great i like the idea that willy wonk is a fucking psychopath <laughs> like that's fantastic to me um but i think it's like literally i'm not even joking about this i think it's more fucked up to show them disfigured in a live action film yeah. especially with that 2005 cgi because holy yeah. shit i can see it in my brain the goddamn mike tv stretched like fucking flat stanley it's terrifying absolutely okay. terrifying and that was terrifying in the theater on july 15th 2005 yeah so i can't imagine yeah <laughs> what awaits me yeah. to behold it now in 2020 15 fucking years later. rough it's gonna be rough um it's gonna be rough i want to take a moment yes and i don't know also if you want to do this on air i guess we i guess we probably should um i want to talk currently in we are in times of uh protests against white supremacy um racism is a very 
hot topic right now in quotes, but it shouldn't be. It should be just like a thing that we're always talking about and trying to improve on. Um, yep. So it would be remiss of me not to mention that Roald Dahl, by the accounts that I've heard, was a pretty bad racist. And the whole thing with the Oompa Loompas has a lot of slavery undertones that are a yep. little bit, a lot of bit uncomfortable. Um, yep. And the 2005 one in this, like, especially from clips I've seen and stuff I remember, has even more layers of casual racism from stuff that carries over from the book. Um, okay. Because there's the bit with the, the Indian prince who wants a house made of chocolate. Oh, and dear fucking Christ. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? And there's yeah, a, there's a, I do now. They, we get to see, like, <laughs> the Oompa Loompas, you know, in the jungle. Like, it's it's a little bit, uh um, I gotta, I we, I gotta get a pen. Give me a second. Yeah. Um. So I'm expecting to be like. Because okay, we're gonna have instances of casual racism. Yeah, and that's. I gotta find a pen. And Give me a that's gonna suck. And I do not want in 2020, the year where we're all we're working. Do we're gonna do it right. I, I don't think Sid can hear me, but I'm gonna we're say. Gonna do it right. I don't okay. think I don't think Sid can hear people, me. People love. And it that's fine. I'm here now. Hi. Hi. Okay. Um, I don't want to, in the year of our Lord 2020, when we're all fighting f- to be, like, better about this kind of shit, um, which we should have been doing the whole time anyway, to not mention <laughs> this layer to this topic. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and now that that's said and stated and, like, is a, a notable asterisk on the side of Roald Dahl's career and that really good movie he made with Gene Wilder in it you know we can move forward and talk about how the cgi is going to be real rough because it is um yep so i've got casual racism is definitely going to be in this film yeah uh bad bad cgi i've written references to the original oh yeah for sure the, uh-huh. by the original you mean the, the 71 film yeah uh-huh correct yeah uh what else do you think uh will this pop film culture have references pop culture references that's a again for the kids that weren't alive or weren't sentient at this time. Um, if you had a film that wasn't built around pop culture references in the mid to early aughts, even kiss in it, the kiss late it aughts, goodbye. Kind of, what's that? Kiss it goodbye. Oh, kiss it completely goodbye. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't getting funded. It's not getting to the screen. No. Uh, I have to assume every single pitch meeting ended with, well, how many references to Snooky can we fit in that, though? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can we fit a reference to Snooky? Yeah, in? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I, I do. I can I can I tell you about something? Yep, you know, yeah. there's there's this. Oh my god, do you remember Epic Movie? Uh, oh yeah. Oh my god, are we gonna talk about this? Yeah, I can't wait. I have a lot of things to say about Epic oh, Movie. Go for it. Have the have the have the mic. So Epic Movie is in the vein of the scary movies and the disaster movies and the superhero movies of the world. It's a garbage fire built on the back of other garbage fires. It's one of the worst films just by inherently, like not even in a way that's interesting to talk about because as we all know, those in quotes parody movies are just like a bunch of pop culture references happening all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. Epic Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. starts with a Willy Wonka parody, but specifically a pastiche of the Tim Burton one because it had just come out. Now, if you were doing a good film that had a bunch of pop culture references, you'd probably just reference Willy Wonka generally, but Epic Movie didn't care about that. It wanted to reference what was currently popular, like an SNL sketch, but it's a feature-length film that'll be on that DVD for years. Anyway, it starts with the fucking thing, and like every Epic Movie sketch or like any Family Guy or a South Park humor, it has to be like extra graphic and like extra creepy and scary like the joke is that oh Willy Wonka's killing the people in his factory hardy har like funny stuff Mm -hmm. and but the fucking shit they do I haven't seen epic movies since I was young enough to be traumatized terribly um and I'm not even like this is only this is not a joke for the podcast I'm gonna say it like a joke and move on but it's not even that movie genuinely has like left trauma triggers in me from watching it at a very young age because it's fucking graphic and I don't want to get into specifics for obvious reasons but like I I have like a personal and deep harbored resentment toward that film specifically and I'm a little bit worried that watching the film that it's a parody of will unlock that for me do you know what I'm saying no do you remember any of the parts from it Mm -hmm. and I don't want to (laughs) okay okay I was gonna say 
It's a very short. It's funny because it's a very short scene. Okay, so I need you to wrap your mind around watching that scene as a small child. And then I need you to understand that seeing that scene as a small child for you was me seeing the entire movie as a small child. The original like, oh, I that see. is that is how scarred and how traumatized and how later horribly burdened with uh the constant weight on my back that i have to carry and uh of having a crippling fetish like that that yeah. is what it does to you yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. i get you it's um fucking sucks actually i, I really it. super get you <laughs> okay I know, awesome. you know we don't Wait. have to get into specifics but i know i know what no, you're no, no, talking no. about i get you yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sure, so sure, sure. so okay um anyway i think that's interesting technically i'm gen z i consider myself either on the fence or millennial mainly, but Gen Z also kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I think this really illustrates, if we consider me right now leaning Gen Z, I think it, it puts into an interesting perspective the fact that you were traumatized by an actual movie that everybody loves, a very millennial thing. I was traumatized yep. by a terrible film that has no value that was parodying <laughs> a bad remake of that film do you know what i mean yeah like, what no, a, that's a real that's it's perfect that's, that's i perfect. guess how when you grew up if i didn't <laughs> right <know>. right but <laughs> a millennial is traumatized by a good piece of content I, a gen Z is traumatized by epic movie you know what i mean i think that's yeah that's really the that's the generational divide um, i think what what made it so much better for me was to meet an online community that all felt the same way and had the same things done to them. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, this isn't an outlying, like there are people all over the world that see movies that are like intended for families, if not children that just for whatever reason, get completely totally Um, fucked in the mind (laughs) by, and I think a lot of the kids in the aughts that grew up in the aughts were fucked in the mind by, shit that's not for kids <laughs> yeah yeah because 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 gen gen zoomers and, and like late stage millennials were very much let to watch things that they shouldn't have way too early yeah I think. oh yeah um definitely like an epic movie oh, like definitely. a dexter i watched dexter at like what 10 um not very old yeah um not can I, I i want i i don't want to get into specifics and, and we can cut this out if you want but i think oh, it would absolutely be not. Funny. I'm very open about it go on okay isn't it interesting that Roald Dahl put in force feeding and like overfeeding stuff in like a lot of his books. Yeah, an expansion. A lot of. Oh his yeah, books. dude. It, it's oh, in. Yeah, dude. It's in Willy Wonka. Obviously, it's in Matilda. Obviously, very iconic uh-huh. <laughs> feeder scene <laughs> in Matilda. Very popular um, very, in the community. A yeah. very popular one. Yeah, sucks that it involves yeah. minors, but that's hey, you know, that's that's it. Well, and there um, was also a lot of like inflation expansion, that type of thing. Yep, George's George's marvelous medicine in the community. Uh, George's marvelous medicine has a thing like that. Um, and and uh, James and the Giant uh, Harry Potter. James and the Giant Peach has a thing like that. Well, now Harry, Harry Potter, Potter isn't Roald Dahl, and I am okay. No, but it's not. <laughs> I am psychoanalyzing Roald Dahl. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is it's prevalent in a lot of children's media. Yeah, for sure, and so. I think that that it finds a foothold there. But yeah, I think, you know, uh, the paintings of an artist tells us a lot about the artist. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. You can suss a fetish, I think. <laughs> from, Where from I'm kind of distressed is that there's a lot of things happening to children. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. With it. The yeah, person. for sure. That's the problem. Why would he write children's books about that? You know, you could just, right. you could just go if wild with other If it's a consenting stuff. adult, that's one that's thing. That's totally fine. Yeah. Anyway, I've written down grotesquely unnerving scene or shot. That's great. I feel like there's going to be a lot of those, huh? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know how to phrase this because it's kind of a stolen idea from a recent review of the Willy Wonka films by a channel that I'm trying not to like anymore, and I, I won't name or give free publicity. But uh-uh. they did notice that, and it's a good, it's a good observation. The original film before but it- <laughs> what's yeah, what's that? I thought of a joke way too late. Okay, get You're to me. saying I'm not gonna say the name of the, the channel, and I was gonna say, but it rhymes with schminimusin. Sh- sh- <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's not. Even though what it you're doesn't. Yeah. No. And but I it might as well. <laughs> so anyway, um, if you know, you know, and you know, one day we'll all recover from this addiction to bad YouTube reviews. But anyway, yeah. it is a good. They do have. They hey, unlike cinema sins. 
cinnamon sins this channel does sometimes make good points and this one good point that they made is that in the original Willy Wonka film before we get to the factory everything outside feels not very real but real enough it feels grounded like uh, any kind of comedy yeah. family film and then we oh, get yeah. into the factory and it's fantastical um in the Tim Burton one it's a Tim Burton movie the whole time <laughs> If, yes. if he had shown restraint before we go into the factory, then it it probably would have hit harder when the factory was so buck wild. Um, but I guess that's kind of a, a Burton problem because like Beetlejuice has that problem, right? And Beetlejuice feels weird the whole time when it probably shouldn't do. Um, well, and I, I think the same thing. I haven't seen the new Dumbo movie, but like... Oh, yeah, that's got to have that's, a problem. And it's that way with Alice in Wonderland, too, yeah. because you can make an argument where, like, if he was a... Oh, God, I didn't want to say that. I almost said if he was a good director, I don't mean to say No, that. but it's that's true, though. Okay, no, I do want to okay, say... But he was a good director. He, he would shoot the early part of Alice in Wonderland really realistically with, like, maybe even a sepia tone... Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. he would make it look like a nostalgic, ancient Victorian. Like they just oh they just barely like maybe have photography, maybe they don't. Like he, it's he does on that line. Yeah, he can't show restraint. That's the problem no. with Tim Burton. No. Yeah, I true. think, and it's frustrating to me because a lot of the movies that I like that I attribute to Tim Burton aren't Tim Burton films. Uh, I don't know if you have this problem also, or if this is a common problem and I'm just like, you know, be, talking out my ass, but the only film I can think of off the top of my head, I'm looking at his thing right now, but I haven't gotten into it, his filmography. The only film mm. I can think of at the top of my head that he directed that I do love is Big Fish. Um, but like, he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. No, uh, he didn't. He was a producer. He didn't direct James and the Giant Peach. Um, no. And... Uh, did he do Big Eyes? Yeah, but I don't like Big Eyes. Everyone else does. I like Big I, I Eyes. I don't care for Big Eyes, and that's fine. I haven't seen Sweeney Todd. I feel like I'd like Sweeney Todd if I gave it. Uh, yeah, time I like of the day. Sweeney Todd too. Yeah. But here's the thing, though, that there's certain films and certain stories that it lends itself to, and there are others where, like, when he needs to show restraint, or when maybe it would be like effective for him to show restraint, he still doesn't. He yeah. just goes wacky in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, you know that's I mean? a really yeah. Where, like all the Victorian people dress white, and it looks just silly in like a cartoon, and it's like, okay, yeah. this isn't. Um, how do you, know. how do you feel? Have you seen his Batman films? How do you feel about his two Batman films? I've bits and bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. I, I, you know, I think the first one is just like, it's a Batman film. I don't have a lot of thoughts on it cause it's kind of vanilla. Um, but the second one is kind of interesting because it feels a lot more like a Burton film. Um, it's got a lot more like weird, wacky stuff and a Christmassy setting, which is very Burton. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I think it's okay that he's a, a weird and wacky filmmaker. It's just a shame that, like, his version of weird and wacky would fit short films or animated films better. Like, it's okay that Nightmare Before Christmas is weird and wacky the whole time because it's an animated film. But yeah. I feel like it gets tiring to see cartoon logic applied to live action for 90 yeah. plus minutes. That's um, that's understandable. Completely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, I have genuinely good jokes and humor versus bad jokes yeah. and humor. Oh. Because I'm thinking maybe there's a couple lines that are going to get me. Oh, for sure. I'll, there will be definitely lines that will make me laugh. Um, I, I wanted to put the reason I went down that whole fucking rabbit hole was that I yeah. I wanted to uh put on Burtonisms. Like, I want to note Burtonisms. how many Burtonisms there are in it. Because he definitely that's one thing you can say about Tim Burton that I think does say something. He has a style. He has a voice. He, and yes. and that that that's in and of itself. It doesn't have to be good or you don't have to like it or whatever. It says like Neil Breen has a style, you know? Yeah, that's sure does. And that's <laughs> and I think I really do think that's of note. I think it's good to have a style. Yeah, well it's like char it's like being charismatic. Like it gives you at least it gives the person who's watching an impression of some kind. Yeah. I know I'm watching a Burton film. You um, always know when you're watching a Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a, a Roland Emmerich. Yeah, or a, a, a Denis Villeneuve to get real mm -hmm. fucking film buffy. Yeah, um, ooh, that was very... Mm -hmm. Ooh, ooh, look at me. Ooh, look Flaunt, at me. I Oh, I've seen anime. 
<laughs> sorry um that's you know i'm god i just want to watch this this bad adaptation yeah don't you i really you do really don't. i really, I really do. do i really do it's two hours long we were talking about this before too that the the 71 film is is 90 minutes and tim burton's version is literally two hours long and i don't know why why would he do this okay so here's a here's a review by an adult oh yeah weird and disturbing recommends it for age 12 and up Mm -hmm. which is a thing that common sense media lets you do one out of five stars this was on in the lobby of the doctor's office i had to try to keep my five and seven year old from watching because the music together with the strangeness of everything happening would have been disturbing to them the child who gets attacked by squirrels and then put down a huge swirly hole and then her father falls in screaming what then i look and there is an oompa loompa with knives violently stabbing something then i then the headgear scenes it honestly has the feel of a movie like Batman. There's an ominous presence about the characters in the movie. I would give this movie version a skip. Hmm. Skip all in caps. This title contains violence and scariness. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, <laughs> I do think, I do think that, I don't know. Is it okay that it's scary? I think it's okay for kids to be scared. It just can't go too far, you know? I think tw- someone Oh my god. Somebody tagged this title as violence and scariness and also tagged it for consumerism. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It it totally <laughs> the first did you know the backstory of the first film? Of the whole thing about it? No. So the first film is is product placement for a product that basically basically <gasps> oh, never hit shelves. Yes. Um which I think is really interesting because it makes it probably one of the most American films ever made, despite feeling so British. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh yeah. Which I guess in and of itself is an American thing to like attempt British, but it does it well. So I don't know, but I just think it's interesting that there's this, I'll say it's the most like Western film. You know what I mean? Like it's very yeah. much like um, a big commercial, but for a product that didn't happen. So it's also technically a failure because it didn't do well in the box office either um no which is it was a fascinating sleeper. uh considering it found its, its yeah. life in syndication yeah uh it, did someone recommend a parent of a nine-year-old a 10-year-old an 11-year-old a 14-year-old a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old jesus christ mm. you busy much <laughs> uh recommends it for age 10 and up uh one out of five stars my daughter was offended by this film my daughter's name is violet and she was very offended by this film i decided to name her violet after the girl from the incredibles violet from this movie turns into a blueberry and has fake hair which made my daughter want to legally change her name Hmm. can you imagine naming your child after a um character from an incredibles movie because that movie seems like it came out yesterday to me but that was also probably 2005 i think uh yeah somewhere in that range yeah somewhere um there. Bradbird. yeah i don't like that i don't like that no. uh, i have i have a few things on that review that that sparked okay. in my brain the first one is that i still think 10 is too too high for the for the minimum age i really think that like you'd be okay at six with it like yes it might do it might do trauma but it also might like a lot of people are having it hover around seven or eight. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I feel like 10, 12, that's a bit much. Because um, yeah. it's not an adult film. It's meant for children. And, like, I love Doctor Who. That's a show that's, like, very, like, intentionally trying to scare children. It's a meme at this point that children are supposed to hide behind the sofa when they watch it. Yeah, um, sure. So I'm, I'm all about scaring children with media. You just can't go too far with it, I think. Um, the second thing that sparked in my mind was thinking about Violet's fake hair, which... Yeah, that is kind of weird, um, but that's a Burtonism, right? I, but I will say it's interesting that like for almost all of the parents, they swapped which one came to the factory. Obviously not with Grandpa Joe, but with the other four, it was Augustus' mom in the first one and his dad in the second one. It oh, was the only one that you're right. The only one that's the same is it's Veruca's dad. Um, but it's Violet's mom instead of her dad, and it's Mike TV's dad instead of his mom, and. I think that's interesting because in the original book, both parents go. 
And obviously, holy shit, what a crowded factory. You wouldn't be able to see anybody on screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would, the yeah, whole movie would look like that tight hallway scene from the first one. Um, <laughs> but the, the, I feel like that's like, it's okay to whittle it down. It's interesting that that's like an intentional, like, let's be different um, from, from the original. And it kind of works out because when I think of, when I think of the sequel, I do think of that like greasy, weird Mike TV dad. And I do think of, you know... Well, okay. I was gonna ask you what Wait, scene is it sticks Augustus's out to you? mom? I actually I don't know. know who goes with Augustus in the second movie, which will be fun to find. Uh, out. We're about to find out. Yeah, well, you're about to find we're out. To find yeah. Out. Uh, what what scene sticks out to you the most? Like, what do you remember the most uh, about the remake? So I've been watching clips and stuff uh, tonight okay. because I was like watching clips to try to like fill the void, and then I was like, if it's on Netflix or whatever or any other yeah. service i'm gonna watch yeah. it and i made this little yeah. deal with myself and then it was and i was both okay. excited and disappointed but anyway um well because i wasn't there yeah surely. yeah absolutely <laughs> and that's the only reason um <laughs> but yeah i think that it's hard for me to say because um I, I've been looking at clips, but I know that like when I close my eyes, the thing that I remember liking the most when I watched it as a kid was the um, Mike TV sequence, like that whole sequence. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. It's very sci-fi, which it was yes. in the first film anyway, but because we have like the benefit of like 30 plus <laughs> more years of sci-fi. in the future now. Right. I feel like the 2005 one is like, wickedly sci-fi like there's lots of sci-fi illusions it's very like um you know it's very it's i don't know how else to put it it really looks like a scene in a sci-fi movie which i think is part of the fun of willy wonka that it's almost a sci-fi movie even though it's technically a fantasy film um yeah. something about adding industry to fantasy is a really interesting thing just for the original work um but yeah, I guess that that's what stands out because I can kind of picture a lot of shots from that as being like really. And I, I like the song, too. I really like the Mike TV song for the Oompa Loompas because they do a cool thing where each song is like a different genre of music. Yes. Um, the first the Augustus Gloop song is very similar to what it would have been like if you had just straight sung the song from the book. But then the next three are like totally different songs. Um, and, and even though they use the lyrics from the book, which the first movie didn't, which is another kind of weird thing when I didn't do it, but it's okay. Um, cause the Oompa Loompa songs are better in the, in the 71 one, like the lyrics are better than the ones in the book. The ones in the book are convoluted and repetitive. Um, mm -hmm. But and anyway, yeah, I sorry. as one of the bullet points, Johnny Depp does a bad job, and I didn't really. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think you need to write that one down because I, I mean, go for it, obviously. But I think it's a given. Um, yeah, I want instances of him specifically doing a bad job, and I don't like. I left it open ended because that could be acting, that could be just him making a face at some point, or like trying to sing a song. Hey, you're really <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah. Um. <sighs> Isn't it a Veruca kind of wart? I can picture like lines that he says in the movie. See, okay, that was the other thing I was going to say to you while we're doing this entire hour about Charlie. And yeah, Tom which I wasn't remake. expecting, but hey, I'm fine no, with but it. It's going to happen. We have a lot to say. Yeah, apparently about a movie we haven't uh, seen in about a movie we haven't seen twenty years. Down and we're going to watch it. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, and then that'll be the intro to the next one. Sure. It's post us seeing it. Um. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is uh memorable lines or like memeable shit because there are lines from this film that people in my life still will say mm. now that being said i still quote master of disguise uh -huh. and no one has seen that movie but you and Boy, i you so... want to talk about a movie with some casual racism Oof, Oofa doofa Through the whole movie is dana the... carvey really doing brown face in the first 15 <laughs> minutes this movie's garbage. That's, I believe, your exact words when we were doing that. When uh -huh. We were watching that. Yeah, holy I shit. I was huffing on a fatty, and you were like, is this happening? And I'm like, I don't, I think that it is. And it hasn't, yeah. the movie hasn't even started yeah, yet. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, that's a rough, <laughs> that movie, that movie hold, held up way worse than I expected. And I was yeah, already sure expecting did. it to hold up pretty badly. But anyway, um, anyway. iconic lines, quotable lines, that's interesting. Um, there's the part about uh, candy doesn't have to something something. That's why it's candy. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Candy doesn't have to have a point. That's it. That's why it's candy. Thanks, Lil Bates. That's the one. Um, Thanks, Lil Bates. Lil Bates. Lil Bates. Lil Bates. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to write Lil Bates does a great job. Lil Bates. And anytime that Lil Bates does a great job, I'm going to give him a thumbs up. Freddie Highmore is a good damn actor. And and (laughs) that's what I mean. He did a good job with it. Um, Yeah, I, I. I uh let me think. Let me think. I mean there's a lot of little Willy Wonka moments in it that uh-huh. are just the pits, man. They're just so okay. bad. Describe those for me. Break those down. Well, for me, please. anytime that he, he's like mean to the children when when Gene Which Wilder it's a most of the movie, but in fairness, yeah. it is in the first one. But when Gene Wilder is mean to the children, he's like subtle, sarcastic, and you could almost interpret it as like he doesn't know he's being mean, but you can tell oh. there's a little bit where he totally oh. does, you know? Yeah, you're saying that he's a good actor. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, and I'm saying that he gave the character like depth. Johnny yeah, Depp yeah. is just like a dick. He's like a dick <laughs> and a, I, I, you know, I don't want to speak such blue and harsh terms, but he's like a a pedophile and an asshole like that's all yep. he is through the whole movie yep. and i don't know uh i don't know what the inspiration i mean i mean obviously i know what we already talked but like i don't know why in 2005 he thought it a good idea to act like a creepy weirdo around children because gene wilder acts like a grandpa who you're not quite sure about like maybe he brought some stuff back from the war like that's kind of how gene wilder yeah, really yeah. Wonka is. <laughs> for real Johnny Depp is is like a a child that grew into an adult body in two days and it was a really bad two days like yeah yeah it was rough why is he why is he so so pale is the I mean I know it's because he's been stuck inside his factory or whatever but there are parts of his factory that look like the outside so he can get sun if he wants it he doesn't want it simple as that does he not want it or is that what he looks like is it supposed to imply that he's isolated i think if you asked him burton that he would say well he's been in his factory since he was 10 years old or whatever. why does he have a so haircut like, like the berries fine. and cream guy why is that I don't know. I don't know. And was the berries and cream thing a thing in 2005? That's a good question. That, I don't. I don't know where that ad came out. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> curious because now I kind of want to see the Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka do the berries and cream dance. Um, I have a really, really good. Um, I have a good thing to tell you, and that is that when you type in berries in Google search, <laughs> yeah. They fucking got you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly yeah. what they. There's literally there's a listing for a costume for the Barry's Yeah, Boy. it's one of the most like top ten most iconic commercials. It's up there with like Zoo Books and Moon Shoes. Like you know. Oh my God, Zoo Books. Yeah. Damn. Okay, but why? What was it? Is it was it the randomness? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's again we're talking early 2000s right so like everything was kind of an open sore (laughs) like everything everything was just we didn't plan it was someone said we gotta advertise these new fucking berries and cream starbursts what are we gonna do was 2007 oh my god did was it in jack fervor went down in fucking history was it inspired by the fucking johnny depp (laughs) willy wonka because it is about candy yeah probably yeah probably huh i got a cough and it's gonna be nasty (laughs) oh okay well that's probably because of the because of the current situation huh (laughs) uh that i vape yeah yeah Uh, oh so i was gonna say um, allergies Oh boy, nothing's oh, funnier okay. than joking about the nothing's global crisis. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, anyway, back to funny stuff. Um, I've written also. I've had a little bit. This is the last thing I have space for, so I'm limiting myself to this. Yeah, but I good did idea. write in tiny, tiny font, the very bottom. Under Johnny Depp does a bad job. Under Lil Bates does a good job. I have a bullet. This movie is mean. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime this movie is just mean for no reason yeah, in to, any direction. To, yeah, to anybody or anything for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
I yeah. think there's going to be a lot of those. <laughs> Why was stuff mean then? Um, <laughs> I don't feel like that's. I feel like that's this gone away. I feel like movies aren't opinion? mean anymore. Unpopular opinion? That was one of my biggest problems with Matilda. Was it was a very mm. mean movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, mean. that's the thing about Roald Dahl tales is that they're dark yeah. fairy tales. <laughs> like Roald Dahl stories are kind of mean. Um, yeah, they are. But they they have happy endings. Like yes. Matilda gets to live with Miss Honey. Everything works right. out. Um, yeah. But before that, she has to get put in the <laughs> chokey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um I think I think it's I think it's interesting that like I don't know. You don't see a lot of Roald Dahl movie adaptations coming out now. Um No. And I think there was a little period there where Roald Dahl stuff was in vogue because we were reaching another point of meanness. You know what I mean? Like the books yeah. the books came out in what like about the 60s and 70s um like his he wrote books about then yeah is that about right i i think i think so i gotta check i think so check and then and so in the 60s 70s i guess no i guess world doll stuff is going on through the 90s and into the into the 2000s i don't know maybe world doll's timeless and also you know he was a fighter pilot did you know that uh no i didn't know that he was he was a fighter pilot post-world life uh, writing. Okay. Um. Da, 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 da. Ha, da, da, da. Children's fiction. <clears throat> Dahl's children's works are usually told from the point of view of a child. They typically involve adult villains who hate and mistreat children, and feature at least one good adult to counteract the villains. These stock characters are possibly a reference to the abuse that Dahl stated that he experienced in the oh. boarding schools he attended. You know, that's a good point. If you're raised in boarding schools yeah oh my god that makes so much sense about the shitty kids in willy wonka huh that's you would know shitty kids like that um oh man Um, that explains so much that's so interesting doll's books see the triumph of the child children's books critic amanda craig said quote he was unequal unequivocal yeah he was unequivocal that it is the good young and kind who triumph over the old the greedy and the wicked right before he said something incredibly racist yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh um, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you gotta kill uh, your heroes right um you sure do huh i i'll tell you this i'll tell you this i think it's interesting mm. that bit about how they're usually from the perspective of a child and there's usually a good good adults and bad adults um because that's not the cases where that's not true do stand out as like interesting ones like the villain in Willy Wonka is kind of the other four kids and kind of just like poverty like Willy Wonka is a good guy Grandpa Joe is a good guy um there really isn't a bad adult in that one the kids are bad and then Mm. like on the other hand you've got the twits which doesn't really have a kid in it at all does it um Mm. you've got like a you've got like a um what's the other one there like the witches matilda um james and giant peach george marvelous medicine they all are like about a good-natured kid and a weird wacky world and an evil adult keeping them down but there are oh fantastic mr fox not a kid technically an adult um and against a mean adult i don't know i think it's an interesting where did you read that from uh this is all taken from wikipedia oh well yeah yeah they know because i you know uh so the witches came out in 83 uh charlie and the chocolate was his first one right was that his first book book? no way no way that's his first book is it uh charlie and the chocolate factory came out in 1964 Uh so if we assume that it was in and around there. You know what I mean? Like 60s, 70s, 80s, I think, was when his stuff was coming out. That is a really quick turnaround. The Quicker than I expected from movie to film adaptation. Yeah, um, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. It's such a part of the zeitgeist, you know? You can say what you want about the man, but my God... Uh, it became part of, like, everybody's, like... It's, like, it's timeless, right? Like, yeah. He, Everyone uh, knows that movie. Um, 
The story was originally inspired by Roald Dahl's experience of chocolate companies during his school days. Cadbury would often send test packages to the school children in exchange for their opinions on the new products. At that time, around the 1920s, Cadbury's and Roundtree's were England's two largest chocolate manufacturers, and they each often tried to steal trade secrets by sending spies posing mm. as employees into others' factory. So that's, that's where cool that as comes fuck. from. Okay. That's cool as fuck. Interesting. <laughs> because of this, both companies became highly protective of their chocolate-making processes. It was a combination of the secrecy and the elaborate, often gigantic machines in the factory that inspired Dalton to write the story. Interesting. When did the when did the first Harry Potter come out? Do you know that? Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Ninety-eight. No, 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 no. That's the book. I'm in the movie. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Should have specified. Harry Plopper, first movie. Ooh, dude, now is not a good time to be... Talking about Harry Potter? Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> to be putting that into Google, specifically. Um, <laughs> Shit, I was so close. June 26th of 1997 was when the book was published. Yeah, and I knew... Fuck. See, I wasn't going to correct you because what's the point, but I knew that because Harry Potter's about the same age as me in year. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's why in the movie, the first technically the first movie still takes place in 97 um yes because the dates anyway 2001 yeah. so this is perfect yes because this is an interesting and we're, we're reaching the end of our hour here um okay and i feel like this is an interesting point of conversation to end on i feel like it's a good note to leave our listeners on they can kind of go go forward and and think about this and maybe revisit movies from this era because i really like the early 2000s for film you know we can talk all day about the problems with it and you know, that's going to be true of every decade of filmmaking, but I yep. feel like the early 2000s are such a specific taste of film that, of course, I'm very nostalgic for. Having been born in 97, they're like my main films, right, for mm-hmm. nostalgia. But also, I think there's – because the 70s, the 80s, and 90s and everything before have had like a lot of looking into, right, the early 2000s in film have not had that. I'm going to call them the aughts. And you'll notice like 2001 – we get Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, uh, and it fucking explodes across the world, right? Yeah, it sure does. More than anybody was probably even expecting. Like, it's a huge hit. And um, they are immediately like, let's do a sequel, and let's do a bunch more, because everybody loves this. Right. But also, you see everyone else adapting or readapting children or teen stuff and copying a certain harry potterish flavor mm. by the way since harry potter came up jk rowling's a horrible transphobe if you haven't known that yet <laughs> look it up now moving forward um yeah. i think because the movies are good without her f- fuck her they've got good directing and good acting and, and all that shit yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah, yeah. so yeah i think it's interesting that like you've got so there was i feel like I feel like you've got your you've got your obvious ones like your Percy Jacksons and your Hunger Games and your Twilights um, that are that are based on books of a similar ilk even. But then you've also got your stuff like, I mean, honestly, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like if you think about it, it feels kind of Harry Pottery. You know what I mean? It's got mm-hmm. it's it adds more of that kind of like dark whimsy. Um, and, and there's another example that was just in my head. That'll bug me. Whoa. Okay. Real quick while we're on it. If you had to name some films that came out in 2001, you started talking about Harry Potter. Yeah. 2001. Here's all the films that came out in 2001. Okay. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. Spirited Away. Mm. Shrek. Mm. Donnie Darko. Ocean's Eleven. The original Fast and Furious movie. Monsters Inc. What the fuck is this year? What is this year? You mean oh this my decade? God. De- right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's great. I, it's um, wow. It's wow. a lot of good. Uh, fucking uh, Big Fat Liar, which I love. I love that movie. Zoolander came out in two thousand one. All of these ones that like started. I'm not saying whether or not they're good or bad. I'm just saying like it started. Legally Blonde came out in two thousand one. Uh, I, I mean the two thousands. The aughts have a flavor. They really do. And it, it, Osmosis Jones. Oh yeah, it really it inspired <sighs> where we are now in filmmaking. You don't get a Marvel Cinematic Universe without the Raimi Spider-Man films. Do you know what I mean? 
Right. Like, yeah, things were hokier, but a lot of stuff started other stuff. Um, the other example I was trying to think of, of movie that was like, let's do a Harry Potter with this one is the series of unfortunate events. Um, which I think is very comparable to the Burton, uh, Willy Wonka, though I think it's a better film with a better lead performance. Um, but I, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to consider these films that are like adaptations of books made specifically because Harry Potter made money and made in Mm -hmm. the Harry Potter style. And I Mm -hmm. feel like maybe that's why that backstory stuff is in there in Charlie and Chocolate Factory, because were they going to do a great grass elevator? Because there is a a second book that they didn't do a movie out of, and they probably might have done that if it had done better because the whole thing was franchising, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's why they put that in there so that they could expand. So would we have had like, because I mean... You know, I'm sorry to make it a Doctor Who podcast, but no, absolutely not. This is your five. Go. Willy Wonka is kind of Doctor Who, although it's bothersome that the book <laughs> came out before Doctor Who. But Gene Wilder specifically feels very Doctor Who, and John Pertwee was considered for the role for that very reason. Um, and he said no because he didn't want kids to be sad when they learned Doctor Who was an actor, um, which is cute. But it, uh, that's genuine and pure yeah but the great glass elevator is like super doctor who it's this mysterious figure with his young companion you know in a box that travels in space literally it's literally a sci-fi book and wh- what if we had had it like a 2009 doctor who movie starring johnny depp <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean what would that have been like <laughs> Because that's what that would have been. I know I would have seen it in theaters. Oh my I god! I still, I would probably still be watching it to this day, like ashamed. <laughs> it would be a problematic fave of mine. Yeah. Uh, yep. To this day, I'm almost kind of glad it didn't happen for my own sanity. Since you brought your thing up real quick, I do want to yeah. mention that it is an entire movie about kids slowly getting picked off. Absolutely. By a fucking all-seeing monster. Mastermind yeah. For yeah. various crimes that they've committed. Anyway, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, um, kind of weird how that worked out. Yeah. Wait, let me do it. Let me find a goof, okay? Poo-hoo. A blueberry has been discovered. Is that oh, anything? Oh, that's good. Is that anything? That's a good one. Okay, uh-huh. cool, 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 cool. Um, um, despair. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Spiderwick Chronicles. Bridge to Terabithia. Huh? I'm just saying, you know, we're getting a lot of into this, really getting into it, and I just want to say... Yeah, well, that's what... Okay, so that's right. You're talking about marketing. Bridge to Terabithia is not a Harry Potter movie, oh, but they God, marketed no. it like one. Yeah. Because Harry Potter was a fucking game changer of a film we were talking Nanny about. Nanny McPhee. Do you remember Nanny McPhee? Yeah, I like Nanny I McPhee. like Nanny McPhee. I think, I think <laughs> Nanny McPhee's a good movie. That's so. That movie is so British, and British shit holds yeah, up better. Yeah, it sure is. Like, Get Santa isn't a great movie, but because it's made by <laughs> British people who, like, care about the film, like, Americans will just churn out fucking movies like they're bullshit. At least in the UK, they kind of think about most of their movies to some degree. And they name them Get Santa, and they love Christmas so much. Yeah, I love how much they love Christmas. Um... <laughs> I love the somber, sad yeah. way that like Christmas British can't last forever, Christmas. kid. You're gonna die yeah. one day, kid. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy I Santa now, kid. Yeah, I love it too. Um, yeah, I mean we're not at an hour because we. I think we vamped at the start, didn't we? We vamped a little bit. Yeah. All right, I'm done though. I don't really have uh, anything yeah. else to say. I'm just ready to watch this oh my great God, film. I'm so excited. Guys, next week, catch us here where we will be post having watched this. We'll be able to let it sit not, and stew and think about yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say and not then, right in the moment, right? Like I'm going to want to go to bed and have night terrors immediately yeah, when we're done watching. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need to go masturbate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, me too. But then Do the night terrors. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. Not to kids. That's, that's weird. And I mean that. Yeah, I, you're, I right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. That's fucking yeah. weird. No, no, no. I was I just gonna be because because I find Johnny Depp so physically attractive. Well, October's gonna need some time to clean that. Yeah, up. I vomited because uh, I thought of his visage. 
Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Let me pull up the oh, end He has notes. weird teeth in this movie, too. Oh, everything. Are you ready for that weird, weird, weird teeth? I'm not. <laughs> he's got weird. He's got weird Matthew Broderick robot. From, from the <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Yeah, he's got the <laughs> Robo Gadget teeth going. Yeah. He's got the fucking, uh, he's got the St- uh, Stanley Spadowski teeth in. yes yeah yes. for sure <laughs> boy this is just for us troubling. huh is that <laughs> troubling <laughs> do, you want, do you want the fucking triple threat of shit that's just for us let's do yeah. master disguise uhf and fucking uh oh no yeah the other one see i would like uhf when we watch the triple threat like that mm-hmm. i would enjoy it way too much i know there's problematic shit but oh no uhf is a great film no no i just meant like stuff that like is pretty specifically yours and i child yes. I, mean, I know a lot of people like yeah. uhf but whatever um uh thanks for listening uh yeah our theme song is by john colton from the album solid state i have twitters and emails and shit but i don't give a shit uh, you can hit me up at Instagram or TikTok and find me there. You can follow me or whatever, or hit me up or DM me or whatever. Uh, at the underscore coma with a K underscore kid. Uh, um, and we're going to go watch this great yeah. 2005 movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at October more on shit at more opinions on yep. shit, whatever. Um, uh-huh. Is that it? Is that a podcast? I think so. I think that's a podcast. Okay. This is going to turn into us talking about movies and shit. I'm, I'm fine and with that. And then occasionally I'll bring up an Amazon, but I guess it's our podcast. We can, we can do whatever we want. No one's listening anyway. I guess so. Um, yeah, that's true. No, the people we love and care about are listening. Yeah, friends are listening, and that's all I Hi, friends. About. I know who you are. Hello. Um, love. Okay. Love, love. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm October Moore, kinda. Uh, I'm Sid the Cannibal, mostly. This has been More Opinions, finally. A popper without cream cheese. Learn chocolate tearing and call me in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs>